This is Aspiring Altruists, the show where you'll hear the stories of young professionals in the nonprofit sector working to change the world. We'll dive into their backgrounds, hear about the work they do, and ultimately learn how they got to where they are and how you can do the same. With the nonprofit sector comprising one of the largest U.S. workforces by tackling the world's biggest problems across nine major categories, you may just hear something that could change your life, and through it, the lives of countless others. This second episode of the second season of Aspiring Altruists features a young woman named Brooke Allison. Brooke is a program manager at MAP International, a Christian nonprofit organization that works to provide medicines and health supplies to those in need around the world. She's going to share with us about what led to her working in the nonprofit sector, how her earning an MPA has impacted her career, and much more. So, let's go ahead and hear from her. So, Brooke. Tell the listeners a little bit about the role that you're in and the organization that you work for. Yeah, sure. So I uh, recently started at an organization called MAP International. Uh, MAP provides medicines and health supplies to people in need around the world uh, so that they might experience life to the fullest. And so that's kind of the, the mission statement of the organization and really, you know, the focus being the medicines, the health supplies, and ultimately allowing people to experience life um, to the fullest and experience everything that they, they can be because of the health uh, that they, they receive because of the medicines. Hmm. Certainly a good cause there. Uh, I know you, like you mentioned there, you recently switched organization and landed in the role that you're now in. So what led to the change for you? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, I, like most people, um, uh, I I love, you know, good old personality tests and those uh, strength quizzes and whatnot. Mm. And something that always comes up in each of those is just, um, I love to learn. I love to gain new knowledge, new information. um, And it's just something that I'm very passionate about. So when I started in the, the global health space, I was working um, with medical equipment and providing um, and sourcing appropriate medical equipment for hospitals all around the world. Um, once I left that job, I got into the vision space, really focusing on glasses, uh, clear vision, and all that that can bring uh, to people around the world. And then when this opportunity came up to work with medicines and pharmaceuticals and health supplies, uh, you know, just really seeing it as an opportunity as a young professional to grow in my knowledge, gain new experience, uh, and really just uh, the opportunity to take on a new challenge. Um, I learned so much in my previous role and to really be able to apply some of that knowledge in a new space was an exciting opportunity. Um, MAP being a leader in the global health space, being recognized as a top 10 charity by Charity Navigator. Uh, it was really a place that I saw that I could grow and expand and uh, was just excited to see that opportunity. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it in terms of a place to be growing and cinching the kind of different opportunities you've been in as you mentioned there sound almost like supply chain challenges in their own way different <laughs> sourcing and things of that nature yeah which, uh, everybody in the world these days is learning a little bit more about just how critical supply chains are and how they kind of provide everything that we're just used to having readily available at all times exactly yeah it's been um certainly like you mentioned a challenge that everybody's experiencing and the idea that we used to all just kind of assume that what we needed showed up where it was and we didn't really think about it. And, uh, you know, to, to see the impact that it has on 
um, so much, you know, when you're working with medicines and pharmaceuticals, uh, you're dealing with products that expire, um, both leaving the country, coming into the country. And so when our mission is to make sure that these medicines and supplies get to people who can use them um, and so that it can impact their lives again, allow them to live their lives to the fullest. Um, you know, every day matters. And so, uh, yeah, it's certainly been a, a challenging few years with supply chain and learning a lot, growing a lot, um, and very thankful for um, all of the supply chain logistics people around the world right now, because they are working overtime all of the time. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was actually in the supply chain world myself, having studied that in undergrad was oh, in wow. that years ago before switching to the nonprofit sector. And yeah, it was just an unending conveyor belt that felt like of solving problems, putting out fires, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, certainly. Well, we're hearing a little bit here in terms of your passion for the cause, things like that, but what is it that led you to choose the nonprofit sector? Yeah. Um, so I would say that, um, like most people I, who end up in the nonprofit space, I saw something that I couldn't unsee. Um, when I was in undergrad, I was studying to be an athletic trainer. So really focusing on sports medicine and, uh, I traveled abroad for a summer and I backpacked from London to Beijing. I traveled to 11 countries and 22 cities and I had never really traveled a ton before. And I just, I saw poverty that I didn't know existed. I saw mm. illness and sickness that I just, I couldn't imagine living with or my family living with, um, and not, you know, having access to adequate care and, um, medicines and supplies. And so with that, I you know, went back home and I, I did end up finishing my athletic training degree. I was pretty far into it uh, and just decided that I needed to focus uh, on a master's degree where I could do something about what mm -hmm. I saw. And so with that, I ended up in the nonprofit space. I think that probably anybody in the nonprofit sector uh, has that story of when their life changed because of something that they saw or something that they experienced. And they knew that, you know, they, they had to dedicate their life to making a difference. And so with that, uh, here I am in the global health nonprofit space. And, um, again, just really trying to take every opportunity that I can to learn and grow as a professional so that ultimately, um, I can put back into the world, um, something a little bit better than, than when I came here. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about that in regards to, like you said, seeing something that you couldn't see and, that's something, although I, in saying that, it feels like, yeah, it impacts a lot of people. It's having some personal connection to the mission, some mm -hmm. story, something they face, something they've seen that makes them realize like that something is a problem and that they can make a difference in regards to that problem through their career. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's it exactly. Like you can choose your career to make a difference and make an impact. And I think that, um, there are certainly trade-offs. It's emotionally draining, um, higher rates of burnout, you know, something that a lot of, uh, is, is of a lot of talk in, in all industries right now. Uh, you know, the, the pay isn't as good. The, um, benefits aren't as good, you know, in terms mm. of working for large industries or for-profit industries. Um, right. but at the end of the day, when I, turn off my computer and I push my keyboard in and I get up from my desk. I know that what I did that day 
made an impact. Um, and that ultimately is worth every trade-off because we're, we're here for a short time and what we do at that time uh, matters. And so to right. know that what I do matters um, is, is worth it all. Yeah. And, and along those lines in regards to making an impact and what you're doing matters, I know that you've tried to continue to make yourself personally more impactful through earning your MPA in nonprofit leadership and management. And how has that impacted and helped your career and what impact do you hope it has? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I, um, I did go to grad school for my MPA. Uh, I had originally wanted to get my master's in public health. So the way that I did it was um, through a graduate assistantship uh, position at a university here in Michigan. And the, the position that I accepted, I was not able to get my MPH. And I was initially, I was quite devastated thinking like, you know, what did I do? Maybe I made the wrong choice. I've always been, you know, a pretty strict planner. And if I don't know what's going to be happening or be coming down the pipeline, I'd set a plan in place so that I can figure out what it is. And so it was kind of a challenging time for me. And um, originally I felt that, um, you know, it was kind of like, constellation and it, uh, you know, it wasn't going to give me what I was hoping to achieve in the global health space, thinking that public health could really make a greater impact. But as I started to go through the program, I was just surrounded. I went to, to Grand Valley State University in Allendale and, and Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I was just surrounded by such brilliant minds that um, saw the nonprofit space the same way that I did that, like every action that you take, everything that you do, um, it's for a greater purpose. And so, you know, when you're learning about the financial management of a nonprofit, or when you're learning about human resource development in a nonprofit, or, um, you know, just some of the other classes that I took, um, everything was just for such an important reason. And there was such purpose behind the conversations. And I learned that, um, it was absolutely uh, the program that I, I was meant to be in and ended up in such a fantastic spot because I, I as I mentioned, I love to, to gather and, <laughs> and acquire new information and knowledge and um, just the, the inner workings of how a nonprofit should run and knowing that if the internal structure of a nonprofit isn't functioning at high capacity, um, the outputs won't be as strong or there won't be um, as successful or as many outputs. And so to, to understand how a nonprofit should function and be able to apply um, experience and knowledge along the way in that sense um, was truly such a gift. So I think that, um, you know, really anybody considering working in the nonprofit space, um, exploring a degree like this uh, would, would be really incredible because just that ability to see each facet and each section of an organization applying it to the greater good and making sure that uh, you've probably heard this on some of your interviews before, but um, nonprofits tend to work in silos. Mm -hmm. um, and so by understanding each of the sections of an organization um, and, and how they should be running and, and how they should be operating uh, really provides the knowledge and the strength to attempt to break down those silos along the way. So uh, it's it's truly been um, one of the greatest gifts that I've I've had um, was to to get that degree and be able to use that knowledge for for good. Hmm. Yeah, you mentioned there just 
how critical it is. And that's something that I feel like people can often forget how critical it is to have the internal parts of an organization running so that the external parts that the public sees that are the areas that people feel like are the ones really making a difference, how critical it is that the whole thing is working well together and that all parts are running. Because yeah, like you said, you can't really make an impact if things behind the scenes are are a mess. It'd kind of be mm-hmm. like having a car that looks pretty on the outside, but has no engine <laughs> on the inside. It's not going to go very far. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's a great analogy. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a challenge. I know myself being the nonprofit sector and you've probably started to see like through, through your degree and your work as well, just that there's a lot of focus. I feel like you mentioned the, the charity navigator earlier. There's a lot of focus. I feel like in donations on trying to make sure that there's as much money going towards the programs, as much money going towards Mm -hmm. the actual cause rather than overhead and things like that. And sort of this focus on shrinking the overhead, shrinking (laughs) any administrative costs as much as possible so that as much money can be going to the cause. And if you're not doing that, it's seen as a negative thing, which as we're, as we're discussing here is a problem. If you have no overhead, if you have no administration, then your cause is just going to not really be organized and just kind of become more of a mess and probably a hindrance than uh, exactly else. exactly yeah no human capacity is so vital uh, to the strength of an organization and ultimately the impact of the mission and so if you don't have um, the knowledge or the ability or really the um the permission to do the work that needs to be done in a way that it can be done, um, you can struggle. And so, no, I think that's a really important point to highlight is just that um, although there is the nonprofit component, uh, you know, there's still the idea that to be successful and, you know, you need to, you need to function as an organization and and to, to have been given the opportunity to study that and advance my knowledge in that space uh, was, was really great. Nice. Well, is there something that you feel like listeners should know about the cause that you're working for or how they can best support that cause if they have an interest in it based on what you've shared? Yeah, no, I would say that, um, you know, it's, it's a space where there is still so much work to be done. Uh, you know, one of the statistics or a few of the statistics that MAP uses is that globally more than 2 billion people still lack access to the medicines and health supplies they need. Mm. Um, nearly 1.6 million children will die this year for the lack mm. of simple antibiotics that are used to treat acute respiratory infections. Um, here in the U.S. Uh, in 2020, 1.7 million patients uh, for a total of 5.7 million patient visits uh, were seen at free and charitable clinics. And so to think of all of this health and medical need that still exists in the world, um, it can get to be, um, you know, it can sound kind of depressing or like what, um, what's the purpose if we're, we're so far, um, but to know that so much progress has been made um, because of organizations like MAP and, um, you know, there's this fantastic book called Rooting for Rivals and it's about the nonprofit space and really as opposed to, to viewing each other as, as rivals or competitors um, by rooting for each other along the way, by recognizing the superpowers that we all bring to the table, um, we can really make such a collective impact um, in the world. Um, and together we can do so much. And so really by, um, seeing 
that the road is still long ahead, but that we're journeying on the road together. Um, it's it's worth remaining hopeful, um, and it's it's important to uh, you know continue to do the work. And so, you know, with that, I would just really say that um, finding. Uh, an organization that you believe in and you support, um, and and staying true to you know your your personal beliefs and your your personal mission as well. So identifying like what are your uh, core values, uh, what is it that you want to accomplish with your life, and maybe you don't work in the nonprofit space and you you love your job anyway, so you're like, well, I don't I don't want to leave, um, but finding organizations that you know you can um, you can support. Uh, either through monetary donations or you can support mm. through volunteering um, recognizing that, um, you know, one of the, the things that I learned when I was at my previous job, uh, my boss would often say like, everything is energy. And so by putting positive energy out into the world, by putting kind energy out into the world, um, you know, we're, we're going to create the collective impact uh, that is needed to continue the work. And so with that in mind, I would just say that uh, you know, find, find the organization you believe in, um, and support them however you can. And if, you know, you're interested in learning more about MAP and, and how, uh, the global health space, uh, can make an impact and, uh, the work that's been done and the work that is still to come, um, you know, looking for, uh, ways that you can fit in, that you can make an impact, um, MAP or other global health nonprofit organizations, I have no doubt would be thrilled to, uh, have anyone along for the ride. Right. Thanks for sharing all that. And I guess my only other thing is, is, is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners if you could? Yeah, I would say that, um, again, never underestimate your individual power, uh, to mm-hmm. make a difference and an impact. Um, one of my favorite poets, uh, Anis Mojgani, um, I should probably learn how to pronounce his name uh, perfectly, seeing that uh, I, I just, I love the work that he does. But um, one of his poems called Shake the Dust, it says, for the ones who are forgotten, for the ones who are told to speak only when you are spoken to and then are never spoken to, speak every time you stand so you do not forget yourself. Uh, and I think that this, this, poem and this part of the poem really resonates with me because um, there's such strength in our voices and such strength in what we believe. Um, and we have to, to believe in our individual power to make a difference and to start that collective impact. Um, and so I would just say that, you know, choose, choose your strength, choose your kindness, choose the positive energy that you can create. Um, and don't be afraid to, to make a difference and don't be afraid to um, admit that, you know, I never knew that was a problem. I think that so often, um, you know, we, we see that, uh, we feel that we see too late that, that there's this problem or that this, um, issue exists and it's never too late. Um, it's never too late to make a difference. It's never too late to make an impact and, um, just be, believe in yourself and your power to, to make that difference. Mm. Yeah. That's something I've actually realized myself is that there are times when the problems feel, so massive that you can wonder whether you're making a difference as an individual and whether it's really worth fighting for when you see different causes or you see things happening politically that are against what you're fighting for different things like that and mm-hmm. i feel like it's yeah very important to um, remember that it's the collective effort of everybody making their own individual efforts 
that leads to the change that you're trying to make happen. So mm -hmm. it takes mm -hmm. like if everybody quit because they weren't seeing the impact, then that wouldn't work either. So it's right. It's everybody is as much impact as we all want to have individually. We have to remember that we're one of, you know, billions of people just yeah. here on the planet <laughs> alone. So it's, it's hard to, we all have power, but it takes our collective power to lead to the change that we're trying to see. So. Exactly. Exactly. Well, how can people best connect with you if they'd like to hear more about your story or learn more about the work you do? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to hear from your listeners, um, to chat with them, to connect with them. Uh, I would say that probably the best way to get a hold of me would be uh, by my email. Uh, so I can be reached at B as in boy or B as in Brooke, uh, B Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N at map.org. Um, if you want to talk about global health, if you want to talk about map, if you want to talk about um, what you can do to make a difference, um, I would be honored and thrilled uh, to participate in those conversations with any of your listeners. Gotcha. Well, thanks for sharing that. And as always, I'll have the link to your email address down in the show notes so that people can grab it from there and reach out to you. But uh, thanks for overall coming on the show here today and sharing the story of telling us all a little bit more about global health and yeah, trying to see if we can get more people involved in taking on that challenge. Great. No, thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, and thank you to your listeners for participating in uh, whatever movement it is that they choose to believe in and to push forward. Um, it takes energy and it takes time and uh, to, to push forward what you believe is, is truly um, worth the effort. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to today's show. Hopefully you learned something new about the work happening in the nonprofit sector and were inspired to get involved. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening from. If you want to learn more about today's guest, how you can contact them and explore the organization they work for, check out the show notes. That'll do it for this episode. Come back next time to hear from yet another aspiring altruist.